Welcome to The Fight with Teddy Atlas, presented by Dynamic Striking. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by Boxing Hall of Famer Teddy Atlas and today's special guest, the unified champion at 135, the great George Cambosos. George, welcome to the show. It's an absolute pleasure to be on. Uh, we've had a, a great weekend. You know, we won the, uh, the unified champion, and um, it's great to be here. We're, we are incredibly proud of you and proud to have you on the show. And just as an FYI, you can join now your countryman, Alex Volkanovsky, as the only other Australian world champion to be on the show. And he's a good, a good friend of mine as well. So uh, absolute pleasure. He's, he's a good man and uh, a hell of a fighter as well. Fellow rugby player, right? Yes. Good man. Good man. Well, you're both uh, warriors, uh, George. And again, congratulations not on just fighting like a fighter, but on behaving like a fighter uh, all the way through and um, believing the way that somebody has to believe with all the turmoil. I mean, if you couldn't, writ a, you couldn't have written a script by Hollywood producers and directors better than this script uh, where you went through turmoil, you went through... All the things, the cancellations, the fights on, it's off, a change in promotion. Uh, unfortunately, you went through death where you lost your your grandfather whose name you carry. Uh, then you had life. Uh, you had another beautiful child born uh, during this camp. Uh, congratulations on that and, and condolences on, on your grandfather. But you sure as heck did them proud. Uh, you did everybody proud. And you did yourself proud. As I said at the beginning, for behaving like a champion. You never, you never lost a beat. You never, you never said, a lot of people, 75% of this game is, and I'm sure you're going to agree, is mental. And you, you never lost belief or you never got caught up in a lot of people would have said it's a bad omen. Easily, oh no, things are going. It's a bad omen. It's not meant to be. You know, uh, this is this is this is not good. You never allowed that to creep in one bit. You just kept doing what a professional should do, what a future champion has to do. Keep going forward. Keep doing your job. Keep believing that you're going to get to your destiny. And it had a feeling of destiny to me, George. And I wanted to ask you that question. During the course of the fight, it, it felt like it was meant to be. And it almost felt like where for this to really be that story, the way a champion is found, the way a champion is born, the way a champion is made, through everything you've been through and everything you had to overcome, it wasn't quite done. Almost like, He's going to wind up having to be on the floor and get up off the floor like a Hollywood movie to reach his destiny. Did it have that feel for you? Because I almost said to myself, I wonder if George almost thought, yeah, somewhere in the night, I'm going to have to get off the floor. Or obviously, I'm going to have to overcome that moment for me to get to my destiny that I want to get to. A hundred percent. You know, this, this really is my destiny. You know, I've manifested it. I've seen it so many times. I've put in the, the hard work. You know, I really left no stone unturned throughout this whole preparation. You know, we had so many stop and starts, but I never stopped. You know, we had the loss of my grandfather, the birth of my child on the same day. 
but I still prepared. I still trained. I was so embedded in this victory and this win. And I knew that if I couldn't be broken on that day where I did have that, that loss and obviously my son being born too, Lopez was never going to break me. And I was prepared to go through, through whatever I had to go through in that ring. I was prepared to die in, the, in that ring to, to become the champion and to fulfill my destiny. You know, that, that fight had everything. You know, I put him down. You know, my combination punching. You know, I was cut open. He was cut open. He put me down. A lot of fighters, you know, after that, that 10 rounds being put down by Lopez, you know, probably would have stayed down. Or would say, you know what, I've done enough here. You know, I've, I've earned my respect. But I got up. It was a minute 45 to go. You know, he came flying out. I controlled. And you know what? I came back in the last 30 seconds and landed Michael shots. And I remember smiling and going back to the corner. And um, you know, the, the corner men and the team were saying, why are you laughing? What's wrong? And I said, you know what? I made the mistake there. I lost my composure. I got a little bit too excited for the crowd. So I was trying to finish this, this kid out, kid off. And um, I'm going to punish him now. This is my destiny. I'm winning this fight. And these next two rounds, I'm going to punish him. And that round 11 was, was absolutely beautiful. And that round 12, you know, I, I cemented it. So I truly believe that destiny was there. It was written. But I was prepared to go through whatever I had to go through. And, um, and I was ready to take whatever I had to take. You know, he landed his shots. I landed my shots. And, um, you know, we, we brought the action. But I was better. In every aspect, I was better. And people thought I was crazy, you know, when I said I'm going to be better at Lopez in every aspect. But I truly was. Yeah, you truly were. And um, you truly behaved like a champion. And you, you made everybody proud. Just even people that don't know you. Proud to witness how somebody can accomplish and needs to behave and needs to stick to their guns and their belief uh, to something that they say they want to do. You taught, you taught everybody. I think champions get a chance to teach. Not just to do for themselves, but to teach everybody that if you want something bad enough, there's a way to get it. And there's a connection of behavior attached to it. And you can make all the excuses in the world. And things go wrong. They go wrong. They go wrong. They go wrong. There's no doubt. It's not a lie. But champions recognize them as excuses. And they push them aside. And they push them through. And you just taught people that part of it. And I appreciate that. I thank you for that. That we can see that in real life and learn that and be reminded of that because our fathers, our grandfathers, if we're fortunate to have them in our lives, they, they taught us that maybe. But it's one thing to be told. It's another thing to witness. And you give us a chance to witness that kind of behavior, that it can make, it can make things happen. It can make life real. And um, I want to, behind the scenes, there's always something behind the scenes, George. I want to touch on something that when I heard it come out of your mouth, I was very happy for you. But when I, came, when I heard it come out of your mouth, I said, oh, my goodness, I know that guy. And you, you talked about the great Customato. Obviously, he was my mentor. I spent eight years with him in Catskill, New York, learning this business and going through the things you have to go through to, to be able to have... Uh, to be able to have a career in this business. And you were a 13-to-1 underdog. And the great Muhammad Ali 
was a 7-1 to one underdog. And there was some similarities. People are going to say, Teddy, you're crazy. You're going too far now. Marvin Ali and, and George, uh, you know, uh, you know, Cambosis, um, you know, now you're, now you're going too far. He's a great kid. He, he won a title, but that, that's let it breathe a little bit. That's, that's give it a little time. No, I'm not crazy. But there were similarities. You were going into a place. Ali was going into a fight as the underdog with a great puncher. Uh, intimidating guy and a guy that he wasn't supposed to have a chance with. You were going into the ring with a great puncher, an explosive guy, an undefeated guy, and a guy you were supposed to have no chance. No chance. No chance. And you're in that position and you're listening to a tape, I guess it was, of Cuss telling Ali, because I was there when Ali used to call the house. And... um at different times, and they were close, and Cuz was a mentor for Ali, for the great Ali, and I remember Cuz always telling me the story, how before this fight in Zaire were forming, he got a call from Ali, and Ali said, look, everyone's telling me I got no chance, I, I, I'm crazy, uh, everything else, I got, what should I do? How do I go about this? And Cuz said to him, look, this guy's been a bully. This guy doesn't respect you. This guy thinks nothing of you. This guy thinks that he's just going to go out there, knock you out, and go home. You have to put it into his head from the beginning that that's not the guy he's facing. You got to put it in the head that you're not intimidated. You got to put in the head that this is a different guy you got tonight. This is a guy who believes in himself. This is a guy who's not leaving the ring without the belt. You are not being intimidated tonight. You are not getting your way tonight. And he told Ali the unthinkable at that time in boxing when you're fighting George Foreman. He thinks you're going to run. He thinks you're there to survive. You got to tell him without verbalizing it, with your fist, with your action, with your belief, you got to tell him, no, I'm here to win. I'm here to win tonight. You're not getting your way. And you got to walk across that ring and hit him with a freaking right hand and send that message. When I heard you talk about it, oh my, I, I, I said, wow, this kid is special. This kid was prepared in every way, the mental way, the emotional way, the spiritual way, the physical way, the technical way. This guy, he checked every box. This guy's special. He's got a chance to really be special that he went that deep. Could you talk about that and, and what that meant to you when you heard that interview? Well, I, um, I really did leave no stone unturned. I checked every box. And that book, I, I read that book with uh, Tyson and Customato. And that's, that is, is what played so well in my mind with this fight because 100% Muhammad Ali had no chance. That No one gave him a chance against George Foreman, and he rang Cuss up and said, what do I do with this guy? And he said, like you said, you hit him with the best right hand you, you have. You go out there and you, you land that shot and you get his respect straight away. And the people around him said, it's crazy. No one throws a right hand in that championship fight in the first round like that with bad intentions. And that stuck in my mind. I, that, that was what I was aiming to do. I knew this kid psychologically 
and was very emotionally, you know, too much in this fight. You know, and I, was, I, I said it all week, I'm not taking this personal. Now, there is no emotion attached to me. You know, I'm here to do a job. And that's how I came to that first round. He came flying, guns blazing, trying to land the big shot. I stayed composed. I landed some nice, short, sharp, crisp shots. And um, I saw it. I saw that mistake. He came in heavy on that front foot. That chin was there. And I said, here's, here's my moment. Here's my customato moment. I'm going to land my right hand. I'm going to gain my respect. I'm going to earn my respect. And if he goes down, he goes down. But he's going to know that he felt what I, what I possess. And I launched it. And I let it go. And I landed sweet. Put him down. And I came flying again when he did get up. I, fly, I came flying again and landed clean again. I was a little bit off balance. And, uh, you know, it, it, after that, that respect totally changed. But when the bell went, you know, because they were saying one round. They were saying they're going to get rid of me one round. And I had to say it. And I looked at him. And it's, it's a beautiful moment. And I said, hey, one round. I'm still here. And I put you down. And that's it. That's when the fight really began because I just saw his soul get, get taken out of him because he thought, well, what am I dealing with with this tonight? Who, who is this guy? He took my best shots and he comes back and, and lands that shot. You know, that, that, that's a special fighter. That's a true champion. And, and I was ready to go through whatever, whatever adversity, and I was prepared to, to go through. And uh, again, you're going to love this one. You know, Lopez is talented, of course. But when you have confidence and character, that is a, that is a true fighter. That can you know, outweigh talent. You know, I am very talented as well. But my, my confidence and character, you know, is what, what makes me the, the fighter I am today. You know, it was a great win. And, um, you know, that, them, uh, them things that, that the legendary trainer you know, had in place, you know, did help with my fight. You know, you just, um, you couldn't say it better. You know, and, and, you're, and you're bringing out a point that I talk about all the time. In this business, you know, it's called the sweet science for a reason because this part of it is a big part of it, being cerebral, being smart. And I always say, again, I'm going to use another Cuss uh, story. Cuss used to say, Teddy, as, as you know, he wanted me to become this trainer, he used to say, Teddy, you, you got two tough guys. He said, that's a prerequisite to being a fighter. You're supposed to be tough. You got to be tough. And he says, so you got two tough guys, but one guy is just tough and the other guy's smarter. Bang, he becomes much tougher. And again, you're proving that point because, yeah, you were tough. Yeah, you were determined. Yeah, you were resilient. Yeah, you had character, but you were smart. You were smart. And that was one of the differences and again, for the people who always say, and it bothers me a little bit, I feel like I have to protect my sport. And they say, oh, it's just about being tough. It's brutal. It's it can be brutal. And you do have to be tough. But you got to be good. You got to be smart. You got to respect the game. And you got to learn it the right way. And you, as you said earlier, and I said, you had all boxes checked um, in, that, in that way. And the other thing is that I felt from the beginning um, that you had a plan, obviously a very, very uh, strategic plan of what you had to do. You were going to control range, but you weren't going to run. You were going to move, but you were going to grab the floor like tiger claws and be set to punch too. 
because you know if it was too much on the defensive side, he would have got too brave. He, he would have got momentum, and he would have recognized that. So you had to have a little bit of both. It was brilliant. It really was. And so, you, yeah, you had to move. You had to be smart about it, but you also had to be set to have your offense along with your defense. A little bit too much, a little bit too little, and the fight could go the other way. Uh, you, you had to obviously set traps. You did. Um, and you had to have the ability to control range where you got just out of range, but not too far, where you were close enough to come right back and put the peanut butter with the jelly to make the sandwich the right. Because peanut butter alone is not good enough. I used to say that all the time on ESPN. You got to put the peanut butter with the jelly. Yeah, you got to make them miss, but you got to make them pay. And you, you, you had that mix where you stepped out just enough, but then you came right back, right back. to I, How much of that? Obviously, your te- team did a magnificent job, George, but and you did a magnificent job. But how much of that was influenced by all the sparring you did with the legendary, great, one-in-a-million Manny Pacquiao, where he was always good at getting out and getting back in? Was there an influence there with Manny Pacquiao with all that sparring? Is that attached to this victory, to, to who George... Campos is at this point? It, it truly is, you know, the game plan that, that we put together, you know, between my trainers, uh, between myself and my whole team, you know, was pinpoint. You know, we went in there round by round. You know, I knew I was coming looking for him in round one. I needed to land that, that right hand. I needed to get that respect. But like I said, I was prepared for 12 rounds. I was even saying that we should tell the commission, let's make it 15 rounds. That's how prepared I am. Um, that's that kind of old school fighter mentality that, that I have. Um, it was a beautiful, beautiful game plan. But, you know, Pacquiao shaped me you know, in that fight a lot. You know, and he put out a great tweet and he was so proud. And, you know, it, it made me so happy. And I just had the biggest win of my life, won all the belts. But I think I was more happier to, to see that from Manny Pacquiao. That's how much respect I have from him, um, from, from seeing that tweet and knowing that he watched the fight and he was in my corner. You know, the rounds I've done with him, you know, with, with the speed and explosiveness and the punches in bunches and the movement and he, he punched from different angles, you know, I learned. You know, time after time, round after round, 250 rounds of it, you know, three world total campaigns, the 1% that I was getting to see a, a champion like that over the three world total campaigns I've done with him to be ready for when I was ready for my 12-round championship fights, it's inval- invaluable. And, um, you know, he, he said on his tweet that I hope our hundreds of rounds that we did together helped in some way. It, it really did. You know, we saw the glimpses of Manny Pacquiao in that ring that I brought to the table, the punches in bunches, the movement. Like you said, you're in distance, you're out of distance, but not too far. Just enough where you can land your, your counter punches. You can land your long shots. And they underestimated. They, they, they didn't think that I possessed what I had. In my artillery, I didn't think I could move that good. I thought I was a come forward guy, a guy that just threw a lot of punches. But war is deception. It's the art of war. And um, in the lead up, I said, we're going to war. I'm coming straight at you. I'm coming for you. I'm coming to take your head off. But I had a game plan and I knew what I had to do. If I had to box and move and use my counter-punching skills and my speed and then bite down on the mouth and fight 
and land my hard shots and get my respect. I was prepared. I was prepared to go down. I was prepared to get up. I was prepared to survive. I was prepared to, to, to be bleeding and, you know, have the eyes puffing up and starting to, to swell and, you know, the vision was not at 100%. But that's what a true fighter is. That's a testament to, to who I am. And, um, you know, by any means, like I said, I was going to win. That victory was coming. You just mentioned something, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off of that. I'm going to piggyback off of that. You, you mentioned war. I, I talked about this earlier before you came on, that the, it puts texture to something that's said in history that you've heard philosophers say, you've heard warriors say, where this puts, again, texture to it. It, it puts evidence to it, proof to it, where you've heard the auto war You've heard people say, uh, and great, you know, great, great fighters, um, obviously great warriors, where great leaders, where they've said that the war is won before the first battle ever takes place. I think of you in that way. Of, again, teaching, 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 putting definition to something that before was just words. True definition. And in a way that, I want to ask you this question. Am I on to this the proper way where after everything you went through in that last year, and everything, ups and downs and everything else, that you had to behave like a warrior before you ever got in the ring? Did you kind of feel like, I've won already? Did you feel like, I, like I, I've won the I've won the war. Now I have to just go in there and execute the plan and I have to color it in. Don't get me wrong, but... Did you have, when you talk about confidence, a special level of confidence, which is what you're talking about, and Customato used to talk to me about, you're talking about what, again, what these, these experts on war used to talk about, where it's won before the first battle because you fought it already. You already fought it in camp. Did, did that, is that something that makes sense to you? It really does because, you know, at the end of that, I knew we were going to fight no matter what, but it's what I did before the battle, before the war. This was a war of attrition. This took a long time. It was the battles day in, day out with myself as a fighter to, you know, with postponements and, and dates getting changed, you know, and, and the world thing, is this ever going to happen? You know, I stayed focused. I kept my tunnel vision and I won the war of attrition between me and Lopez. I won the battles small battles day in day out because i knew when the big battle came the big war came that i was ready for whatever because i had already been there i had won that between me and him i done more i left no stone unturned you know i knew he took it for granted yes he trained hard he looked in good condition but i trained harder i put in more work i left no stone unturned and like i said in the press conference when he was in the bright lights enjoying it training in front of a lot of people, having fun, you know, showing off and being the big celebrity he was. You know, I was in the dark, in the trenches, you know, blood, sweat and tears with myself and you know, my small team or myself on the road in the early mornings or the late nights. You know, that, that, that is a true fighter. That is a true champion. And it gives me goosebumps because I'm just thinking about all the moments you know, of, of the training and the sacrifice I put in over this pretty much whole year that it took. But again, it was a war of attrition. And many fighters would have, fighters would have said, no, nah, I can't do this. I'm going to take time off. 
but not me. I, I stayed focused and I knew that the time would come when when the, the war counted and I would be fully prepared and I would win the war no matter what. That's what I felt. That's exactly what I felt. And, um, you know, in a very simplistic way of everything we've just talked about, did it feel like to you, I know it did to me, obviously on your side you went in there with a strategy, with a preparation, with a plan that was very, very obvious and very apparent. But it felt like he had no plan. Like he like he didn't really respect what was in front of him. Like he lost respect for the sport. Like for a moment, which you never should do. Never for your opponent. Where he took you for granted. It felt like his plan, you know what his plan looked like to me? Or felt like to me? A guy that was just going to get in the ring, walk across the ring, hit the guy and go home. Did, did, did that become apparent as you were fighting? Like this guy don't have a plan. Other than landing, other than landing a big shot that paralyzes me somehow, other than, and I'm not going to let that happen. But other than that, he don't have a plan. This this guy didn't come ready, and he has no chance with me tonight. And did that grow on you as the night went on? That that was Adam. I saw that before the fight. I saw that many many months before that these guys had no plan. And mentally, I got under their skin. I broke them down many months before the fight. You know, I made them emotional. You know, himself and his father, I made them upset and angry. Not by saying silly things. Not by, you know, taking it to a level that no champion should or fighter should. But just, you know, small things, you know, about his fight game, about the things he's doing wrong. And I was actually, if he listened to me, you know, he might have been even better. He might have taken that and said, you know what, I'm going to listen to, the, to this guy from Australia and maybe he is telling me something that I'm doing wrong, but he didn't listen. And, um, you know, but, but, but they were so adamant that it was going to be one round. They were so, one round, that's all we need. You're going to end up here. You're going to end up in the hospital. You're, going to, you're only going to last one round. And I will turn around and say, okay, one round. Show me the one round. But what are you going to do for 11 rounds? That to me told me there is no plan. They're going in there to take my head off and get rid of me in one round. But I said, okay, I am ready for 12. Like I said, I was ready for 15 if we went old school, and I had a plan for every single round. We sat there and said, round by round, this is, this is not going to look too far. We're not going to look too, too soon. We're going to go round by round, and we're going to break this guy down, and we're going to uh, dissect him, pretty much dissect him round by round and take him apart. And, you know, that round 10, like I said, it's – I'm more angry at myself because I made the mistake. I put my head in the wrong position. I made the mistake, but it's a good, good learning curve. But I think it's part of the story. It's part of the destiny to show the, the mantle that I have, the grit that I have inside me, that willpower, that, that, that strength to get up and say, okay, we're in a fight now. I'm bleeding. I'm bruised. You put me down. I'm still winning the fight. And now I'm going to show you how great I am. I, I think that what I said earlier in this interview was that had to happen. I know it sounds nuts, but for this story to be this story and everything you went through to get ready for this, it had to happen. It was You had to get off the floor. That was part of your... Everyone has a different journey. Everyone has a different destiny and a different road to get to that destiny. That was your road. After everything and who you are and the kind of talent you have, and people will argue this guy has a different talent. They won't be wrong. He's got a more explosive ability. He's got this. He's got that. For you, 
to win, for you to complete your journey, George Cambosa's journey, it was always going to come down to getting off the freaking floor to, for you. I, I Do you feel that way, that it was part of the destiny, that there was no getting around that? And the final test, if you will, from the boxing gods, whatever you want to call it, we're going to say, okay, kid, you, you did everything you said you wanted to do and you were going to do. Let's see you do this, and then you're champion of the world. It, it truly was because, you know, this journey's been so long. It's, it's been a hard journey, you know, from where I've come from. You know, the local club shows to, to get to where I am today. And I've had to crawl. I've had to be on the floor and crawl to get to where I am, to get the little bit of recognition, to open up the doors, to be a sparring partner. Long before I was a sparring partner of Manny Pacquiao, I was a sparring partner for, for other guys in LA, former champions, champions at that time. You know, so I, I learned my hard roads you know, in the gyms and I was crawling in the gym. So the floor is nothing new to me. But I knew that you know, when, when it mattered, you know, and this is the first time I have been put down in my professional career, I would get up. You know, when, when the fire is there and, and that desire and the willpower, you know, I was not going to be beat. And again, it goes down to, you know, what I said about that day, September 24th, when my son was born and my grandfather passed. I didn't break that day. 99.9% of fighters would have broke that day. They said, I've, I need to take some time off. But I didn't break. I said, this guy will not break me. You will hit me with whatever you want. You will hit me with, you will put me down, I will get up. You need to, you need to literally carry me outside of that ring. And I said it to my father as well before the fight. You know, it's, it's a saying in Greek. It's either with it or on it. You know, I'm coming with my shield. I'm a proud you know, Spartan warrior. I'm coming with my shield. The only way I'm getting out of this, this, this ring is on my shield, you know, or with it. And, um, you know, I showed it. I showed it on Saturday night. What was the first thing your father said to you? I, I know the fans because this is, you know, family. There's, after all these years, all these years, your father's with you. He's with you there. What was the first words out of his mouth? So you did it. You did it. They're not taking this away. You did it. And, um, you know, it's as much as, yeah, I did it. I did in the ring. We did it. You know, my team did it. But again, my father, we've been there from day dot. He's the first person that drove me to a boxing gym. He took me to the boxing gym. He would leave work early so I could be there on time. You know, he would take days off. He lost his, his job many times because he couldn't commit, you know, at a certain, you know, job or project because he had to be with his son to be sparring, to be, you know, overseas. Now that, that there is, um, you know, it's, it's, we did it, you know, we did it together. And, um, to have him grab me and hold me, lift me up, I, I get emotional thinking about it because, you know, what, what a great moment. Some beautiful photos there that we're going to cherish for, for a lifetime. But again, this is, this is halfway through the book of George Cambosis. This is, this is not the end. I know I've, I've, I've achieved something great, but, um, there is so much more to go. I'm very stubborn and, uh, you know, I want to defend these belts. Like, my life depends on it. You know, we have that saying again in Greek, which I have tattooed on me, which I had on the back of my shorts. And it's, it, it means if you want to come and get it, come and take them. But be prepared if you want to come and take them. You know, what, what you will receive as well. Because I'm sure as hell I ain't giving them. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I want to say one more, and then I want to give it to my partner, Ken. And I, to, to what you just touched on, George, um, this, of course, was 
a great win. We just touched on it for you and your family, but also for your country, for your country. And, you know, it was very reminding of the great win that Jeff Horn had uh, over the legendary Manny Pacquiao. Uh, And in that soccer stadium or that rugby stadium, and I was there. I, I broadcasted the fight uh, for ESPN there. I was one of the commentators. And I thought the difference in that fight and this fight, you know, and, and both of you were underdogs and both of you had a country behind you. But I could only talk for myself how I felt and the truth of what I believe is my responsibility. On that day, I felt that Horn lost. And I said it personally to him. I'm not going to say it behind his back. I said it on the air. A lot of people didn't like it. Um, I said that I felt that he, he lost. But this was different. I felt, obviously, that you won the fight, that you earned it, you won the fight. And I felt something else, um, George. I felt that consistent with me thinking he didn't really win that fight, but he got it. He got and he put a great effort out, don't get me wrong, against the legendary fighter. But I felt that was it. One and done. I didn't feel that there was any tomorrow for him. There was there wasn't any you know, uh defending titles and going forward and more road. I felt that he was at the end of that road. I don't feel that way with you. I feel that I don't want to say the beginning of the road, but this is still early in the road that there's going to be more road to go down with you. And I I see the ability for you to get better. I see the ability, the old timers, because all of them used to say to me, Teddy, when a guy wins a world title, he automatically becomes 30% better. It just happens. And I kind of see you where, unlike Horn, you can continue a destiny that where he reached his destiny and that was kind of it. And that's how I felt. And I said it. I feel that yours is still ongoing and more to be seen from from George Cambosis. And, you know, how do you feel about that? I mean, obviously you just touched on that and that's what made me ask this question. Um, I think your destiny is still to be played out. It is. It's every day. You know, and again, this is this is going back to Cus. I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt one second. I just think again, some people won't like it, but I say what I feel. I just think you're better than Horn was. That there's just more, and I'm not knocking Horn. I'm not. There's people that are better and people that aren't. But I'm not knocking them. But I just feel that you're better. That there, you're, there's more dimensions to you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Look, um, I got a lot of respect for for, for Jeff. You know, he. he he had a great fight there with, with, with Pacquiao, um, close fight. And, um, you know, this is different, though. This is different because I went into the hometown. I went into to New York with a with a whole crowd against me. Jeff had 50,000 Aussies on his side. When I went into to the Lions then, like a, like a gladiator, you know, and I took out the guy in his prime for all the belts on the line. You know, when I walked out into that arena, and I was so zoned in and, you know, my senses were, were just unbelievable. I could see everything in slow motion. I was in that Zen mode. Again, like, like Custom Mato would say in the ring, once you get in your Zen mode, you're untouchable. And that's what happened in the fight. 
I stepped on top of them, uh, the stairs and, and got on, on top of the, the ring. And I just looked at the crowd like a warrior does and they booed and they booed. And I loved it. I thrived on it. And I said to myself, they boo you now in round one. But by the end of the fight, as far as this fight goes, they're going to applaud you. And by the time we got to that round 12, I have blood pouring out of my eye and my eyes are bruised. I got up on that, on that, uh, on the ropes and I wiped my face with the gloves with the blood. And I said, this is blood for you guys. This is for the fans. And they applauded and they loved it. The American flags, the Australian flags, you know, that they were supporting and they loved me, you know. And so like I said, I went in there, all odds against me. They, they, they booed me, but I walked out of there with everything. And uh, they cheered for me, and I know I gained a lot of fans. But um, this is different to the whole fight. Again, respect there, but this is this is a total different different thing. And um, the skills that I showed, you know, the speed, the explosiveness, and I think if you ask Jeff Jeff right now as well, he would say he would say 100. percent You know what Cambosas has in the artillery, and I'm only getting better. Again, every day I'm getting better and better. And you know when this fight was postponed, and I went back home to Sydney to be with my family and kids because I was away from my, my kids for four months preparing for this fight before Lopez got COVID. And I said, okay, what do we do different now? You know, we've had an unbelievable camp, but how do we get better? Okay, we're going to perfect. We're going to get better every day. Every day I'm going to step inside that ring, in that gym, no matter what I'm doing, on the road, the late nights, the strength work, whatever I'm doing, I'm going to put it 110%. I'm going to make sure I'm getting better and better. And again, it goes down to customer again. Another saying, every day you're going to get better and better, without a doubt. And that's what I did. Let me, before Ken steps in, I want to say one thing else. Um, you know, after I said what, you know, I believe was the truth that day that I was broadcasting a fight for ESPN, Horn and Pacquiao, I was uh, quickly banned from your country. Um, tell all the Aussies I say hello. Tell them all I, I, I'm happy for them that they have a great, great champion representing them right now and um put a good word in for me that they will remove the ban uh so i can someday get back into your beautiful country next time you want to, next time you want to come down under you're just gonna have to call me and uh, we'll go together and <laughs> there'll be no problems because they're not going to stop you now <laughs> between you and Volkanovsky, we should be covered. And if we need reinforcements, we'll have Israel Adesanya come in from New Zealand, another guy who's been on the show a couple times. Uh, George, congratulations. I'm so incredibly happy for you. I really didn't know that much about you before the fight, but man, you won the hearts of a lot of boxing fans. And seeing that picture behind you, you've made it on the wall of fame here in the studio. I'm so incredibly happy and proud of you. And you said it perfectly. They booed you on the way in and they cheered you. When he took the microphone and said that he, everyone knows he won the fight, they booed him out of the arena as they should have. And as, as, as a fellow American, I was like, dude, are you insane? You lost almost every single round. Get out of here. How I got two questions. How surprised were you at the lack of sportsmanship after the fight? I get the emotional part. Oh, I think I won but you always behave like a champion. Even in defeat, you have to say, hey, they saw it one way. I thought I might have won. The judges saw it different. Congratulations. He did the opposite. I thought that if he lost fans with the fight, he lost a lot of fans with the behavior afterwards. How surprised were you by the reaction? Yeah, when he came over and interrupted my, my, uh, my time, world champion, my interview, it's, it's an unbelievable moment that you dream about. I thought he was going to have some really nice words and... Um, you know, obviously, we, we heard what he said and he thought he won the fight. But I'm not angry at him, you know. I respect I respect him. 
And again, he went out there and beat Lomachenko. He knocked out Kami. He beat these guys. Um, but I was better than him in every aspect. And I'm not angry at him. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a learning curve for him. You know, and I grabbed his hand even after the fight. I grabbed his hand and I said, you know what? Aside from all of this, the, the, the back and forth between me and you, and, and we're both competitive. Uh, forget about this. You know, I know he's, he's got a son that's a, that's a newborn. And I said, go home with your son. Be with your son. I've got my kids, my three kids. That's what matters. That's the most important thing. You know, this, we'll, we'll do it another day. You know, you will do it another day. You know, put your, put, put your heart back into it and you'll be champion again. Um, I can't be angry at, at him. You know, it's that, that young, you know, that, that young competitive inside of him that for some reason he thought he won, but yeah, he was, he was way off. I believe he was a little concussed, to be honest. I believe he was a little bit concussed from round one. I hit him with that good shot and I hit him with a lot of hard shots. Brutal shots, short shots on the inside that generates a lot of power with your short, sharp, crisp shots. Um, he took a lot of damage, you know, concussion, a little bit delusional, the competitive nature of a young kid, you know, just lost all his, all his belts, but he didn't do himself any favours. And he lost a lot of respect from the fans and he lost a lot of fans, but look, I respect, I respect the kid and uh, it is what it is. Congratulations for handling yourself like a champion even after the victory. Um, Two quick things before I ask you the last question. Thank you to your guy, Fred Sternberg, your PR guy, and of course the great Lou DiBella from DiBella Entertainment for getting this done. Because I'll tell you, one of the things that frustrates me is we started as a pure boxing and we branched over into MMA. They welcomed us with open arms. The champions made themselves available. They asked to come on the show. I think you might be the first boxer since we've been doing this for three years that won a title and did something impressive and then wanted to come on the show like within 24, 48 hours later. So thank you to you and your team for for making yourself available. The fans want to hear from you. It's like, it's a mutually beneficial conversation. I want the people to know you. We want the people to hear from you and hear you talk to Teddy. So thanks for doing that. We got to be sensitive to your time. I know Fred's probably having a nervous breakdown because he needed you out of here at 4.15. Fred's the best PR man in the business. You agree, George? And and a, and a gentleman. He is, and, and I know he's done a lot of good work for, for the great Manny Pacquiao. That's when I first met him, you know, all them years ago in, in, the, uh, in the gym there when I was firing Manny. But um, look, this is an absolute pleasure, you know, to be here talking to you guys. Teddy, you know, you're, you're a legend of the sport. You're, you're a guy that I've listened to from, from a young kid. So to, to be here, it's surreal. But, um, you know, thank you. Thank you for giving me the time. I know I'm the champion at the moment, but, you know, that doesn't mean nothing. It's, it's the respect we have as human beings and, you know, as people to talk to each other and learn things, you know. above By doing this interview, I've learned bits and pieces that, that you've been saying and, you know, you solidified a few things that, that I had in my head as well that, that went on with this fight. So thank you for, for giving me the time. Character lasts longer than talent. Yes. Character lasts longer than talent. And you just verified, you just showed why a big part of having this conversation of why you're champion. It's That's part of your talent. You know, it's part of your talent. Everyone talks about, and I'll finish with this, everyone talks about the neon talent, the speed, the power, you know, all that stuff, which obviously gets people's eyes. I get it. Uh, it gets people's attention. I get it. But what about the talent of character? What about the talent of dependability? What about the talent of reliability? What about the talent of consistency? What about that talent? What about the talent of keeping your word? What about the talent uh, of doing what you say you're going to do, no matter how difficult it becomes after you said it? How about that talent? 
What about that talent? That passes the talent in many ways of the physical things we're talking about. That has a lot to do with genetics and who your parents are. But what about those other talents? You know what? They make champions. That's what those other talents do. And you are an example of that. They are the raw talents. They, they are the talents that, that override all the, uh, the things that we do in the ring because these talents are done before the fight. If you don't have them talents before the fight and that raw talent of, of everything you just said, you know, you can't showcase in the ring because, yeah, you might get away with it once, twice, three times, but eventually you're going you're gonna to meet someone like Lopez did. He met someone who has a natural talent but also has all the other talent outside of the ring that does the right thing, that puts in the hard work, that is consistent day in, day out, that leaves no stone unturned, that has that confidence and character that will overshadow your talent. So, um, you know, it's, it's, you've got to have everything. You, to be the perfect fighter, to be the perfect champion, to be that, that champion that, that the world wants to see and, and adore, you, know, you need to have everything, not just one or two things. You've got to be the complete full package. Keep that title, George. Keep it as long as you can. You deserve it, and the sport deserves it. They deserve an ambassador to the sport like you. I appreciate it. And I got one last question for you. I agree. Keep that title, but you've traveled all over the world to get this shot. I really hope that the next guy who gets a shot at your titles has to come to Australia because that's no small feat traveling halfway around the world to, to fight. That's a, that's a whole other part of the, the fight that we don't have time to cover right now. But... You know what everyone wants to know. Everyone wants to know who's next. And you're the champ, so you get to decide. And I got four guys for you. Tell me who you'd rather face. Haney, Loma, Tank Davis, or Ryan Garcia? Look, all of them except for Ryan Garcia has a fight coming up in the next couple of weeks. Now, I showed what I'm about. I showed my talent. I showed my, my hard work and dedication two nights ago you know, against the guy who was, was to be the, the, the best guy in the division, the guy who took out the pound for pound, Lomachenko. So they need to prove it now. They need to show me who deserves it. They want, I want to see who can rise above all of them because I rose above all of them. I showed who I am and the mentor and, and the fighter I am and the champion I am. That's why I get to pick now. But I want to see who rises and who takes the lead and I'll pick them and we will fight in Australia. 80,000 people. It's going to be beautiful. And, and both of you guys are going to be my guests. You will be allowed to come into the country, no problem. It's on me. You have no idea how serious I am when I say that. We'll be there. Teddy, get your passport ready. <laughs> it's, it's ready, baby. <laughs> George, congratulations. I know you've got other obligations today. Thank you very much for doing this, honestly. We appreciate you, and congratulations. We're incredibly happy for you, and thanks again for the time. Th thank you, George. Thank you for being the example that you are in more ways than just fighting. Thank you as a man, as a person, as a father, as a husband, as an example. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's an absolute pleasure to be on and uh, to be chatting with you guys. And I thank you for, for having me on. Thank you, George. Good luck. <laughs>